Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Coop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. A couple weeks ago, well actually two months ago, we started this journey through the Sermon on the Mount. And if you were here for that first time, we started actually at the end of the chapter 7. And so we're back there this morning, at the end of chapter 7. And that ended up with the foundation, what kind of foundation are you laying? And I'm sure it's been that way for you, but the Sermon on the Mount has certainly challenged me and perhaps has challenged you. These are the sayings of Jesus. And sometimes when people heard the sayings of Jesus, when he spoke, they would say, that's too hard. I, that's too challenging for me. And they, and they left. Others said, this is what I want. I want, it. I want it a challenging message. I want to follow after you. But they always had the choice. And this morning is no different. God is giving us a choice. When we wrap up the Sermon on the Mount, it's about choices. He's gone through a number of principles as we get to the end of this chapter. And now he's saying, the choice is up to you. Here's some choices you have to make. He says you can choose between two different gates. You can choose between two types of trees. And you can choose between two types of foundations. So you get to make your choice today, what you'd like to have for a gate, what you'd like to have for a tree, and what you'd like to have for a foundation. Earlier on in the Old Testament, God said this. I said before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live god is real nice to give us a choice but he also told us the answer aren't you glad you get the answer god says i'll give you a hint this is what you need to choose and the very fact that we get to choose is a fact that god loves us it, it sets us apart from any other animal in the kingdom in the universe it's we are special he, he loves us he loves us enough to give us a choice if I came home and I told my, my daughter, you know, I said, when I come home, I, 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 you, you have to give me a hug. You, you must give me a hug. You're, I'm actually forcing her to give me a hug. And I come in the door and she comes over and she, and she gives me a hug. Is that love? Yeah, that's not love. But if I love her, if I love her first, if I'm a good daddy, a good father, and I, and I provide for her and I give her a hug and I love her and I tell her that she's beautiful and I tell her you're a wonderful daughter. There's no other, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. And I, and I build her up and encourage her. And I said, that's a beautiful picture you painted. And I, I keep encouraging her and said, man, you're, you're the best. You can do it. You know, when I come home, I don't have to ask for a hug. I, I don't have to say I demand a hug from you. She said, oh, daddy, you're home. Yay, I want to give you a hug. That's love. Now, that's your father. Your father first loved you. That's how he loves you today. You know, before you woke up this morning, your, your God was thinking about you. Your father was thinking about you. He thought more about you this morning than all the sand of the sea. If you would go down to English Bay, you try to pick up every grain of sand, you, you'd count a lot of sand. But that's what the Bible says. It says that he thought more about you than all the sand of the sea. Today, he thought more about you. That's a lot of thoughts. Now, your mom might not have thought about you. Your boyfriend might not have thought about you. And your girlfriend might not have thought about you. Your husband might not have thought about you. But guess what? God was thinking about you this morning. The thoughts were good. The thoughts are about your future. The thoughts are about what he's got prepared for you. The thoughts about how much he loves you. This is God. He, he loves you. He, and he loves you enough to give you a choice. The very fact that he gives you choice is the fact that you're free. And so, as we come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's going to give us some choices. He's instructed them. He's near the end. They've been listening there on the hillside of Galilee. He says, now I'm going to give you some, some choices. One, you can choose between two gates. He said, there's a broad gate and there's a narrow gate. And you get to make a choice which one you want to go on. So it's in your notes, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Or you can follow along in your Bible. It says, enter by the narrow gate. Now notice right away, see, he gives you the answer. He's going to give you a choice, but God always gives you the answer. He always gives you direction. So he says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. 
and there are many who go in by it because narrow is a gate, difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Two gates, broad gate, narrow gate. He says, enter the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Notice he says where it leads to. That's really important because when you pick the gate, it's not about the gate, it's about where it leads to. Because the gate looks really good. The broad gate looks amazing. Matter of fact, the theology or the, the thinking, I should say, of the broad gate is this. If it feels good, do it. Everybody's doing it. The thinking on the, on the broad gate is, you know, have your own way. The thinking on the broad gate is don't knock it, you might like it. The thinking on the broad gate is if it feels good, do it. Everybody's doing it. That's the broad way. The Broadway isn't lonely. There's lots of people, especially when you start. It's, there's a lot of people on the way. You don't have to worry about bucking the trends. You just go with everything. Everybody accepts everybody and everything. And, and we just, we're all just kind of flowing. And, and you just get on this broad gate. The narrow gate, Jesus said you had to find. You, you've got to go looking for it. it. It's there, but you have to look for it. The broad gate, you don't need to go looking for it. It's just there. There's lots of people on it, and they're saying, hey, let's go down this broad way. But the Lord says it leads to destruction. That's the end result. So when you make your choice of which gate you're going to pick, you've got to think about where you're going. He said the broad way leads to destruction. Not just here in this lifetime, but for eternity it will lead to destruction. At the end of the broad way, it eventually ends up in hell. But he said, but the narrow gate leads to life. And there's an invitation. On the broad gate, there is no invitation. But on the narrow way, there's an invitation. Jesus sends you an invitation. The narrow way leads home. The narrow way leads back to the Father. You were created for Him. You were created to spend eternity with Him. But God will never force you to be there. He extends His love to you, and He does everything possible to reach every single person on the planet. It said, God loved the world, that He wished that none would perish. But all would come to repentance. What does repentance mean? Repentance means to turn around, go the other way, to get off the broad way, turn around and get onto the narrow way. That's what repentance means. The broad way, it leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to life. The broad way starts off very easy. You're not lonely. Lots of partiers there on there with you. They're playing ACDC, singing Highway to Hell, and they're, and they're, they're having a party. They're on their way. That's what they're saying. They're having a good time. And you know what? For the most part, some people don't even know there's a narrow gate. They did. They maybe take it. But they need somebody to say, hey, you know, there's another narrow way. It's a better way. Love of God reaches out to them, reaches out to me. I was on the broad way. I'm glad I found the Lord. I'm glad he pointed it out to me. I wrestled with the decision. It was a decision to get off that road and get into the narrow gate, but it led to life. Now, there's something you need to know about the broad way if you go through that gate. And again, you've got to remember, what's the destination? When you go to Google and you, you Google a destination, what do you do? You've got to put in your entry point, right? And then you, and you say, okay, I want to end up at such and such a place. You, you have to put in where you want to end up. Well, this morning, God's saying, you've got to Google where you want to end up. Where are you going to end up? You don't just say, well, I'm just going to jump on the road and wherever it takes me, it takes me. No, we're, we're smarter than that. We, we put in the destination. And that's what the Lord is challenging us here. He's saying, where is your road heading towards? Because if you take the broad way, it ends up in destruction. If you take the narrow way, it ends up in life. The broad way gets darker and darker as you go along. The narrow way gets lighter and lighter. The Bible says that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It says we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, more and more. We used to sing a song that 
Each day with Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter. As each day goes by, it gets sweeter. But that's the opposite of the Broadway. The Broadway starts off party, party hardy, man. I'm just going to enjoy it, man. We're here for the ride. And you know, when you're 18 years old, you're not thinking about anything else but a party anyhow. You don't, you're not thinking down the road. You're just thinking about enjoying the moment. And you do that in your 20s and your 30s. But also when you're in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, that whole thing starts to get pretty dark. When everybody was drinking, when you were a teenager, you say, hey, let's just do it. It didn't seem like it was dark, but the diminishing returns, the glamour of it wears off when you're addicted to the bottle and you're going to an AA meeting every week trying to stay off of it. There's, it it's gotten pretty dark. When everybody was doing drugs, and hey, you know what, it's just fun. Let's, let's go for it. And everybody's doing it. Hey, and, but when you're trapped in it, it's not a lot of fun. Jesus said the narrow way, the narrow gate leads to a narrow way. It's difficult, but it leads to life. It's got boundaries. It's difficult. You're, you're going against the trends. You stand out. But he said it leads to life. I heard this week that the grouse grind had a record-setting climb. I always heard that if you did it in 45 minutes, you did really good on the grouse grind. But apparently this week, somebody did it in just over 23 minutes. How did you do the grouse grind in 23? I don't know. The guy must have sprinted all the way up that thing. Uh, that's, that's amazing. But the grouse grind is the narrow way. It's uphill, boundaries on it. They give you boundaries on how to go. They, they want you safe, but it's rewarding. That's the narrow way that Jesus said. He said, take the narrow way. If you go on the narrow way, not as many people. If you compare Robson Street to Grouse Grind, you probably find more people on Robson Street than you do on Grouse Grind. My daughter did the Grouse Grind this week for the first time, and as she was going up, she had a trainer going up with her, and, and she said, oh, my legs hurt, my legs hurt, oh, my legs hurt. And he stopped her and said, look, this person's like five times your age. Don't you think their legs hurt? Don't you think that person's got some pain? We all got pain. Let's keep going. And that's it, on the narrow way. You think, oh, man, this hurts. You know what? All of us hurt a bit when we're going up this gross grind. The narrow way has challenges, but it leads to life. Yeah, the narrow way. We had a lady come to church last night and never been to church before. She, just, she came to check out the Christian faith. After the service, she said, so what are the boundaries? You said the narrow way has boundaries. What are they? I said, God, in his word, gives us boundaries for life. She said, well, like what? I said, sex. There's boundaries on sex. God gives us a boundary that sex belongs between a husband and wife in marriage. There's boundaries. But there's life in it. For the high school student, I don't know if it was that way for you, but it was already for me in my age when I was in high school, in the locker room, if you're a guy and you're a virgin and you're 17 years old, it's like, how come, you're not, how come you haven't slept with anybody yet? Coop, what's wrong with you? And you're like, mm, 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 mm. and there's enough pornography and there's enough talk and there's enough fuel for your testosterone level to shoot through the roof. And you think, yeah, why am I die? Because they're telling you about all the pleasures of it. And the Bible says, you know, for a season, sin does have pleasure. But at least the destruction will get darker and darker. For, the, for today, we, we've raised four children, one yet teenager. They tell us what it's like to be around their friends and say, you know what, I, I want to keep myself from marriage, the pressure that they're under. But where does it lead? At least life. 
I'm glad that for a lot of us, God rescued us off the broad way when we did some dumb things and put us on the way of life. Because some of us, we just, we didn't even know. We didn't even know there was a narrow gate. I'm glad he restores us and says, hey, let me put you back on the line. Let me give you a fresh start. Let me make you a new person. Let me give you a brand new page. Aren't you glad God gave you a brand new page? Some of us didn't know that. We just, we just, we were ignorant to it. And God said, hey, let me put you on the narrow, on the narrow path. Let me give you a path of life. I'm glad he, 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 he's familiar with the Broadway. I'm glad he, he loves us there and he, he rescues us. It leads to life. Broadway is, you know what? Come, let's all get drunk together. Everybody's doing it. Come, let's sleep around. Everybody's doing it. Come, let's, let's do it. Everybody's doing it. Hollywood doesn't tell you the rest of the story. They don't tell you about unwanted pregnancies. They don't tell you about STDs. They don't tell you about broken marriages. They don't tell you about the darkness that comes, the destruction that comes. Jesus said, this is freedom. Let me tell you about a better life, a higher life. Now, if you come to the narrow door, if you go to the Middle East, they have doors there on their cities, on their homes, and, and, and so forth. And they'll have one great big door that you can go through. And then they have another door that probably is about the size of this podium here. And that's the narrow door. So when Jesus spoke, he was speaking in terms that people understood in the day. And they, when he said broad gate, narrow gate, everybody was thinking right away. Okay, that's like the city gate or the gate to our house or whatever. There's this broad gate and then there's this narrow gate. And the narrow gate was opened up at night. If you, you had to be a, somebody who was belonged to the city or in the home to come through it. And when you came through the narrow gate, you couldn't get any baggage through. Just you fit through there. So, through the narrow gate, you can't bring racism through this gate. It won't fit. You can't bring hatred through this gate. It won't fit. You can't bring pride through this gate. It won't fit. You can't bring greed through this gate. It won't fit. You can't bring selfishness through this gate. It won't fit. Just you. You have to lay down everything else, lay down your life, and come through the gate. But on the other side is life. You come through the gate by faith. Because to choose this gate over the broad gate in the natural doesn't make a lot of sense. You have to trust the words of Jesus. That if I go through there, my life will get better and better as I go along. Cheryl's grandmother's turning 100. If you talk to her, she went through the narrow gate when she was a child. She'll tell you it gets sweeter and sweeter as you go along. You don't look back with regrets. You look back to see, look what God has added into my life. True riches, true joy. The narrow gate. The Lord said, not everybody's going to go through it. You may be here today and say, I'm not going through there. It takes faith to go through it. It's like the impala. The impala is an antelope in Africa. It can jump 10 feet high, high as a basketball net. They make good basketball players, have that kind of vertical. 10 feet high, it can jump 30 feet distance. But you can put a wall around that antelope only 3 feet high, and it will not jump over it. That's how they keep them in a zoo because they can't see where their feet will land. If they don't see where their feet were going to land, they're not going to jump. And that's sometimes the way we are. If I can't see what's the other side of that gate, I'm not going to go. But Jesus, trust me. Trust me on this road. Trust me on this path. It leads home. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. Will it be challenging? Yes. Will you have to go against the trends of the world? Yes. But it will lead to life. Now, there's something you need to know about the Broadway versus the narrow way. The Broadway has no gas stations. No service stations. You'll go down that way and you'll look for life, but there's nowhere to drink. What you thought gave you life no longer satisfies. The drug that once gave you a rush, now you need more and more of it to get an equal rush. 
The things you thought that would bring you pleasure and joy, the more you get, it doesn't satisfy. There's no life stations along the way. It just gets darker. But on the narrow way, you get refreshed as you go along. He constantly refreshes us. Hallelujah. That alone is worth it. So do we have the, the broad way or the narrow way? Jesus said the choice is yours. You have to make a choice which one you want to take. Billy Graham came out of a crusade, and he was staying in this hotel this early on in his career, and uh, he wanted to go mail a letter before the day of email. Just remember the old snail mail where you actually put a stamp on it and you put it in the, yeah, that's what he was doing. And he came out of the hotel and there was this young boy and he said, young boy, can you tell me where the post office is? I need to get over to the post office. Which way do I go for the post office? And the young boy said, oh, you know, just go down here, turn there, and, and that's where the post office is. He was so glad to get directions, he said to the young man, he says, young man, my name is Billy Graham and I'm holding this uh, big uh, col Colosseum. We have a, a crusade going on and I'd like to invite you to come because I'd like to tell you how to get to heaven. And the young boy just looked up at him and said, Mister, you don't even know how to get to the post office. <laughs> Jesus was trying to tell us how to get home. He knows the directions to get home. The way home is through the narrow gate. And he invites us. There's no invitation on the Broadway. The enemy doesn't want you to know what's ahead. On an invitation, you know what's coming. You know how long the party's going to last. You know where the party's going to be at. You know who's hosting it. You know why you're going. The invitation tells you why you want to go. There's no invitation on the Broadway because guess what? The enemy doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to know where you're heading. He doesn't want you to know how long it's going to be. He doesn't want you to know who's going to be there. So he doesn't tell you anything about it. He just leads you there, doesn't tell you where you're going. But Jesus, I'll tell you where the narrow gate leads. It leads to life and life eternal. We have a choice. Life goes by very quick. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. Make a decision. Get off the broad way. Go through the narrow gate. Enjoy the abundant life today and life ever after, ever after. So we have a choice between two gates, and we also have a choice between two trees. Matthew 7, 17, and 18 says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Does this sound very, very simple? I think so. Jesus took simple things, two gates, two trees. Good fruit, bad fruit. But he takes the simple things to explain the deep things to us. So we can get it. He wants us to understand this. Now, you, we read on Matthew chapter 12, how we get to make the tree. Matthew 12, 33 to 35, he explains it some more in another passage. A tree is identified by its fruit. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. Guess what? we get to determine what kind of fruit we have in our life. He said, that's how you're going to determine what a person is like. He said, well, what is the fruit? Well, for your convenience this morning, we have them all on the back wall, right there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you invite the Spirit of God into your life, you say, Lord, I want to go through the narrow gate, this is what results. This fruit becomes in your life. This is the life. Love and joy and peace and kindness and so forth. Now, you have to make the tree good or you can make the tree bad. It depends on, listen closely, what you put in your heart. Because your heart is the soil for the tree. 
It's like a garden. If you put weed seeds, like a dandelion, in your garden, what are you going to grow? Dandelions. If you put cucumber seeds, if you put potato seeds, whatever you put in your garden is going to grow. Your heart's a garden. It'll grow whatever you put into it. You get to make it. You can make your garden, and you can make your life. The choice is up to you. What kind of fruit do you want to grow? So Jesus is saying, two gates, wide gate, narrow gate. Narrow gate, go through there. I will give you the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This fruit will come into your life, and you'll, have, you'll be known by your fruit. He warns us here about false prophets. He warns us about people that on the outside look really good, and we're tempted to think, man, they must have it together. Look at the way they dress. Look at where they live. Look at, look at, they had miracles or whatever. He said, no, no, don't look for that. Be a fruit inspector. What kind of fruit is in their life? He said, a tree is known by its fruit. If I go over to an orange tree, I may not know a lot about plants. I may not know a lot about fruit trees. But if I pluck an orange off an orange tree, I know that's not an apple tree. That's an orange tree. If I go over to the apple tree and I pluck off an apple, I know that's not grapefruit. I know that there is an apple tree. And God was saying to us, this is how you know the character, the person who's on the narrow way. What kind of fruit do they have in their life? So we can make a decision about what kind of gate we want to go into. And here as he's including the Sermon on the Mount, he says you have to make a decision what kind of tree you want to be. Now, the heart where we plant the seed. In John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And that's what the Bible says, guard your heart. Protect your heart. Protect your garden. When On the farm, we used to have all kinds of things that come in and try to steal stuff out of the garden. We'd scare birds off. We'd scare other animals off. We protected the garden. You, have, you, you protect your computer, don't you? Don't you have antivirus? Don't you have stuff that protects your computer so you don't get hacked, so you don't get in there? You protect your computer. You know, we spend more effort protecting our lousy computers than we do our heart. We have antivirus programs. We got all this. We, we get the latest software. And we're, are we diligent about protecting our computer? You better believe it. Because we've got, you know, we've got maybe our bank account information in there. We, we don't want our spam hitting us. And so we protect it. Jesus was just saying, protect your heart. It's more important than your computer. This is where the issues of life come from. In John 7, 38, it says, your heart is a womb. Guys, this is going to shock you, but you got a womb. <laughs> Your heart's a womb. You have a spiritual womb. Well, what does a womb need to have life? Seed. Where does the seed come from? Peter says the Word of God is an incorruptible seed. When I take God's Word, and I take His Word, and I embrace His Word, I love His Word, I hold it dear, and I, I put it into, my, into the womb of my heart, spiritual conception. I get pregnant with it. I, I, I care about it. I, that's why he said to Joshua, meditate on this word day and night. Day and night, a woman's pregnant constantly nourishes the baby in the womb. Correct? It's not just once in a while. She's constantly, the body's nourishing that womb. And out of it comes life. And she, she protects that womb. She, she watches over it. And if there's a pregnant lady, we, we, we care for them differently. If your wife is pregnant or your, 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 your daughter's pregnant or somebody's pregnant in your family, you, you, you're thinking about it. You're protecting them. I have a daughter who's uh, going into her last month of pregnancy. And uh, we're like, Jen, you know, sit down, take a break. Or we're, we're, we're thinking about it. And, and she, she guards the womb. 
And when a stranger comes along and says, oh, can I touch your stomach? She says, touch your own stomach. <laughs> I don't know. Cheryl had the same thing. No, Jen doesn't say that. I guess maybe she's just thinking that. I don't what, I know Cheryl, when she had this, when she was pregnant with every one of the kids, she said, people I don't even know, they come over and say, oh, can I rub your tummy? And it's like, no, don't rub my tummy. You rub your own tummy. It's still my stomach. But they guard the womb. Because they, 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 there's life there. You have a heart. You have a womb. When you take God's word in there, you get pregnant with life. It's on the narrow road that you find that. So, Two gates, take the narrow gate, two types of trees, plant good fruit in your heart, good seed produces good fruit, and then thirdly, lastly, two foundations. You can have a foundation that's built on sandy soil, or you can have a foundation that's built on solid ground. Jesus will say, if you do the Sermon on the Mount, look at, it's in your notes, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, therefore whoever, that would be whoever's here this morning, who's ever listening, if you're listening by the internet, whoever, that includes you, whoever hears these sayings of mine, but it doesn't stop there. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, there's a conjunction here, whoever hears them, and what? Does them. So you could hear, but not do it. He says, if you hear the word and don't do it, you delude yourself. But if you hear them and do them, you could have two people come to the same church, sit in the same pew, and one goes on to leave an absolute legacy with their life, and the next person does twiddly D. What's the difference? The difference is the way they heard. And the difference is what they did with what they heard. Down the road here is some shacks, and then there's a, then there's a Shangri-La. The art gallery has these shacks, and then there's a Shangri-La. You know, the, they were very kind. They knew we were doing this series on the Sermon on the Mount, and so they got together and they, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> but we thank the Shangri-La and the West Bank group and, and all the rest of them that, that own that for doing this wonderful illustration for us. And uh, so you can, you can build a high-rise, but it's going to take work. It's going to take choice, commitment, dedication. But you can build a legacy with your life, solid foundation. But when you're in the mud, when you're in with the rebar and the concrete and you're, and you're doing the sayings of Jesus and you're going against the trends and your friends are saying, I talked to one lady that yesterday and I met her in the store and she said, you know, I used to have these close friends on the Broadway, but they're, they're not the friends they used to be because they don't understand me on the narrow way. We keep reaching out to people, but some, sometimes people just don't understand it. But I'm building a legacy. Trust God. He will bring you amazing friends along the way that love him, that have the same commitment and love for him. There's a family of God that's amazing. Anyhow, you can have two gates, two trees, two foundations. The choice is ours. The question for you this morning is, what road are you on? Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.